Hey guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers, and this is Pedo. Pedo. Aside from what we're going to talk about, um, how was your how was your weekend? <laughs> I I don't know what else to talk okay. about. Um, right. I uh, what else fucking is worth talking about? Uh, I really don't know. Really? Um, if there's nothing, there's nothing, and that's fine. But I just thought I would at least check in. Yeah. No, I can't. I I don't have any. I don't have anything else. There was just a, a big frog-shaped cloud in my memory for this weekend. That's it. What could possibly? What could possibly usurp that? That was. That's how this weekend will forever be remembered. Well, nothing, I suppose. Um, you know, that's uh, that's where I'm at. You know, I uh, hmm, I'm still recovering as we are recording on a Monday. I'm pretty sure I woke up drunk yesterday and was that way for at least the better portion of the day. Um, so yeah I, I didn't have any news or anything prepared this is probably gonna be the <laughs> shortest episode of the show that we ever have um if you yeah, are cool. <laughs> if you are here um because you a you are a first-time listener of the show and you just met us this past weekend um well first of all, it was lovely meeting you for yeah exactly yeah, you're yeah you're good people um this is not our typical show format um but you know again these events kind of you know take a lot out of people and uh so this is what we're doing um if you don't want to hear the frogman festival recap we have like 152 other episodes that you can listen to or um you can just come back next week we're doing it again next week something else. right um but that's what this episode is and probably everybody else that was there that was a podcaster which was a lot of us is doing this also so <laughs> but we have the best stories to tell don't we um pat oh you had a hell of a time getting to the frogman festival so i hear. yeah so, yeah so anyone that traveled from uh west of indiana had to drive through that hellacious midwestern snowstorm and um it was not fun <laughs> it was it was easily and i'm I'm a 40 year old man so i've been driving a, a decent amount of time in my life and i've driven through some midwestern blizzards and i gotta say that was uh the most gnarly it was um it was definitely some shit i saw a lot of people on the side of the road in ditches <laughs> just kind of fucking <laughs> bouncing around in their cars yeah uh on the way there and it was it, it should have been a four and a half hour drive from chicago to cincinnati and it was more like seven it was uh it was a fucking ordeal man now but, the, the uh, waylands came a very similar way that you did and they said they didn't hit any snowstorm it was just the flooding was an issue they well they didn't hit the snow so uh, most storms uh, if you live in, in, in our, in, like we're me and the, they're in Wisconsin, I'm in Chicago. Right. And usually the storms come from up North. Right. And they get it heavier up North. And then as you go South, it tapers off. This storm didn't come like that. This storm actually came from the South and went up. So when they left their houses, they didn't hit anything and they didn't actually hit the weather until they got to like basically where I'm at. Because I, I live I live uh, kind of along um, I eighty, and that was that's the cutoff. So what what we had was you know they drove all the way to Chicago absolutely fine, but then once you pass Chicago, 
you start going um, southeast towards Indianapolis on, on I-65. And that was the treacherous part. So that's when, by me, it was more snow because it was like lake effect. And I don't know the timing of what, when they passed where. We kind of, me and him both kind of got there at the same time. Yeah. We were texting each other. But yeah, it was, uh, there was a lot of rain and shit too. But I, when I left my house, I left my house in a blizzard. And that, and then when I got further down towards Indianapolis, it turned more into rain. And then, yeah, there was a lot of flooding and hail and shit like that. And just like slush on the road. But, um, you know, a lot of 65 is a two lane highway. And all it takes is one bad wreck, and that two lane highway is just completely shut down. Yeah, and you don't you don't have like exits every couple miles. Sometimes it's like you don't have exits for another twenty miles, so you're just sitting there. And there was like a good forty five minutes where like I was sitting on this two lane highway, surrounded by giant fucking uh, like trucks, like freight trucks, and I had to piss, and we weren't moving. And all I could do is just hear like the sound of like the hail or like the frozen rain like hitting my car and being like, oh, I'm like a fucking I just live here now. Like what's going to happen? <laughs> it's your house. Um, yeah, I guess this is where I live. Uh, so like that. Yeah, that was how my weekend fucking started was that. And when I got when I ended up getting to the comfort suites, um, it's so funny. And I don't even think I had a chance to tell you this. No, we really but... didn't actually see each other that much this week. Right. <laughs> We so I checked into my hotel room, unpacked all my shit. I go to leave the hotel room to go to the brewery, which we'll get to that part of the story yeah. later. But I go to leave to go to the brewery, and when I go to pull my hotel room door behind me, the door won't lock. And I worked in hotels for like 11 years, right? I know that you always give the doorknob an extra tug before you walk away. Because people, will, will, what they'll inevitably do on vacation is they'll walk away from their hotel room door thinking that it's going to close and latch behind them, and then it doesn't. And then all it takes is an opportunist person to walk down the hallway of a hotel room and just kind of push on the doors. You don't even have to, like push pull the handle all you gotta do is give it like a little push and if a door is not latched the door will pop right open so 11 years of working hotels i've heard horror stories i've seen people get robbed i've seen all kinds of shit i always check my door and my hotel room door would not lock so i had to go down to the front desk they moved me to a room right across the hall not the end of the world but then i had to pack all my shit up again and fucking move it to the room across the hall which thankfully locked so I, I hear you had some uh, door handle issues as well. Yeah, I did. And I don't even know if I got into that. I was like, yeah. Oh, you know, I did because we were I, we were texting each other. You called me like right when I realized that happened because I was walking out to go grab food. Yeah, I was trying to see where you were. Um, right. You know, and, and you were like, I, I don't know. I heard you talking to somebody. And so I was just like, whatever. Um, yeah. And you had kind, had kind of explained it. But then we were kind of already off and doing our thing and then going back home and um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell my side eventually. Um, <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> I will say this about the comfort suites though. Although that happened, that was a gigantic pain in the ass. It was a very nice hotel. And, um, it was. the, lo the lobby was full of MetaZoo people. And, uh, there was kids playing MetaZoo in the lobby. Like every time I came and went or whatever. And in the morning, when I went to go over to the conference, I saw this like random weirdo standing in front of the hotel. And he had a box of MetaZoo shit. And I said, hey, are you going to the conference? He goes, yeah. 
He's like, I think I'm going to call an Uber, but I don't know it's going to take a while. And I was like, well, I'm going there right now. I'll give you a ride. His name is Kevin. And he actually worked for MetaZoo. And I gave him a ride over. And I was bitching to him about the gameplay mechanics. And <laughs> I was like, you know, I really like your game, but the gameplay kind of sucked. And he was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, when we do the, when we do the tournaments, we, we have different rules that we use that address all of the issues that I had. I'm like, there's too many hit points. I don't like the way this is set up. I don't like the way that that's set up. And he goes, oh, no, no, no. When we do these tournaments, we do it differently. And uh, I have to say that it was. It sounded like they made the right um, right modifications to the gameplay. So thanks, Kevin. And then, uh, yeah, that was it. So, <laughs> You think he, Kevin's listening to the show now? I, I don't know. I kept telling him because uh, he kept asking me, like, what's the name of your podcast? And I was like, well, Asher's is the, the MC and one of the speakers and, and all this. And I don't know. I didn't see him. I went and I walked through the, the MetaZoo thing at some point. And uh, I don't know. I wasn't really looking for him either. But yeah. So, so that was your Friday. <laughs> that was my Friday. Our Friday, uh, me and Am went ahead and went to the venue um, just kind of pre set up. Mm-hmm. and uh you know jeff had like put out this uh call out basically saying that like the vendor room was going to be locked but anybody set up in the hallways was not going to be like we shouldn't really leave shit out because it leads right into the hotel because we the hotel that it was at is is, is like a whole event in and of itself right <laughs> it's a water park yeah, yeah I mean, great wolf lodge like yeah you know. great wolf yeah it's a water park they've got a bowling alley they've got i mean all kinds of shit all kinds of shit there um it's like a family fun place right um so you know there's tons of people coming in and out and doing other things not just you know coming for the frogman festival um <laughs> in mason ohio you know but uh yeah so anyway we get there um but you know mostly i just wanted to use it as as an excuse to talk to people and hang out with people because you know i tell people this is when i see my friends is at these events so we came and uh you know checked it out definitely which again it was really fucking nice really nice um super fancy we uh i don't know what jeff was thinking we had no business being there um (laughs) (laughs) uh but but i think he 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 really liked that aspect of it it was definitely forbidden um but uh no it was great you know i went and i i, I met these i met the guys doing all the av stuff um you know for the speakers and stuff like that checked out the speaker room i was curious what it was like um you know because that was actually um depending on what the speaker room was like was going to, to depend on well it was supposed to depend on uh what kind of shoes i wore and i'll get to that um so i go in and I'm, I'm talking to them and uh you know they're talking to me like the first fucking couple seconds of just talking to these guys they're like um yeah we'll be here all day you know but sometimes we're, we're gonna go out back and i was like oh what are you guys doing out back and they're like well you know use your imagination and Anne immediately is like that's a bad idea <laughs> so i lean in and i was like what you guys you guys sucking each other yeah off. you guys sucking each other <laughs> off back there <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, you know, I got him, and we were fast friends from there. And I'm like, are you, are you doing drugs? You're doing meth out, out back? Is that because <laughs> it's got to be worse than what it is? But anyway, so then they invited us to go out and drink at this bar that they were going to, and you know, we're like, well, fuck yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you know, and so we, and then we just kind of chit chatted with Jeff a little bit more, you know, some other people, and we left. We went to we, we went to this bar um so those guys are from a show called uh the strange road podcast i i 
can't vouch for the show itself i haven't listened to it i'm sorry guys you guys might be listening to this but uh uh i don't know but they are the guys themselves are cool people so it's probably okay but then he had mentioned that they were gonna go and drink with the guys from cryptid of the corn podcast which i have also never met and was not familiar with but i've heard the name a couple of times i like it i think it's a fun name and uh i'm like cool i'll meet you guys there so we go there and like i don't know any of the crypt of the corn guys so i don't know who i don't know who they might have been there at the bar we walked around the whole bar um we did not find them um and we didn't find the strange road guys so i have no idea they also had like a band or something playing that bar wasn't really my scene i'm a hole in the wall type of bar girl like i don't like these like hipster new age brewery bar i'm not into that like i i just like a fucking just give me a classic dark ass bar in the middle of fucking nowhere with a bunch of hick regulars and i'm happy like that's my thing i'm i'm good with that um but the bar was called the monkey bar and it did actually have an interesting history me and ann learned about they used to actually have a live monkey there and like this they did and people would come and they would pay money to get like feed it beer and it would smoke cigarettes and it actually like oh my god yeah it actually like turned into this like really terrible like animal cruelty case which the owners were found not at fault for surprisingly um so (laughs) But they don't have any monkeys now, so I I don't know. And then like we were leaving the bar, and I was like, "Fuck this bar! They're, they're, they they practice animal cruelty." <laughs> and then we went home. You know, we went home, and it was you know late at that point. Um, so I roll into bed with the intention of waking up at five in the morning the next day because I had to be at the venue by seven, and we're you know forty minutes away or whatever. So um i just go straight into bed i wake up the next morning um but i still so i had gone to bed with my with my makeup on because i just went straight to bed which is not a good idea you shouldn't do that when i woke up in the morning and this happens frequently one half of my makeup face is completely gone and the other half is still there and perfect <laughs> and i'm just like whatever i'm trying to figure out what to wear and i go in my room and i put the sweater on and i'm like oh okay so i live in an apartment i do my laundry at my mom's house and um i had laundry in my car from when i had taken it home from my mom's and hadn't carried it in yet so i go outside to go get my laundry and then i'm like oh fuck i don't have my car keys so i go to go back into my house and it's probably just right before six and the fucking door handle just keeps spinning it won't open it won't latch on anything it's just fucking spinning and i'm like oh no well, I'm sure you guys have ran your car before. I didn't take my phone. <laughs> I didn't have my car keys. I had nothing on me. And it's fucking, you know, 5.45 in the morning on a Saturday. And I live in a huge apartment complex. So I'm like, fuck, this is an issue. And of course, I'm a responsible adult. I lock my windows. You know, I can't just crawl in through a window anywhere. Um, so I decide to walk around and start uh, trying to knock on all of my neighbor's doors. Some people which were awake at that time um nobody will answer and i probably look nuts you know some people i know for sure were awake because <laughs> i'd knock on their fucking door and their dog would go off and they'd be like telling their dog to shut up and i'm like god damn it just open your fucking door like <laughs> and it made me so mad and actually that person with their dog going off i i like audibly said out loud i was like what in the fuck <laughs> so upset 
because I had been crying. I'd been walking around. I, you know, I, like I said, I looked nuts. I, I just, it was crazy. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, and by the time I got done knocking on everybody's fucking door, I did not, honestly, in my heart of hearts, I did not expect that nobody would answer. And there would even be people driving like they would leave like going to work or they'd come back home and i'd be like hey 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 you know and they they'd ignore me and i'm like i I felt like in that moment of time like the only person on the entire planet it was fucking awful and um but i didn't know how long i had been doing that for and the only saving grace that i had was that i knew that ann was going to be at my house at seven because ann's the type of person she's not going to like text me and be like hey can i come over now and wait for me to answer ann's going to assume that i slept in which is probably a good assumption on her part to make and come pound my door down <laughs> to get my ass up. She will do that. You know, so I knew she was coming over. I didn't want to like, I have a gas station right up the street. I could have walked up there and called somebody, but how many people's phone number do you even know anymore? Right. Yeah. You know, I, I know my mom's and that's what Ann said. She's like, well, why didn't you just go to the gas station and call me? I'm like, Ann, I don't know your number. And she was like, I'm going to tattoo my phone number on your ass. And I'm like, well, how am I going to see it? And it's on my ass. <laughs> See, this is why I need to figure out a way to monitor that paranormal hotline because you could have called seven seven three five nine weird and left a message, and I would have checked and it. Then, yeah, yeah, and then you would have gotten right. It. <clears throat> we actually put that. I, I put that in the movie that we were going to do. Yeah. When the person loses their phone, and what's the only number that they know offhand? Seven seven three five nine weird. I know that one and uh, and my mom's, and that's it. There's only two numbers that I know by heart. <laughs> So you're right. We, sure. We'll pop it on your phone. Um, but anyway, eventually Anne comes over. She breaks into my house. I'm running late. I didn't get to like dress up. I had this whole fucking outfit planned and every and I just didn't even get to do any of it. Didn't get to take a shower. I'm like, oh my God. So immediately I start drinking. Immediately. <laughs> At seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> there you go. And uh we went to the Frogman Festival. Um, my emergency uh maintenance guy didn't answer the fucking phone all weekend i called five times on saturday left him a message each and every time see now you're writing them out what if your landlord listens to the show my landlord doesn't listen to the show Uh, i'm writing them out i'm telling on him and uh i finally got into my house later that night and had to break in again um but he came this morning and fixed my door so um but it was devastating it was genuinely devastating for the good hour and a half that uh I was alone and then you ever I mean you guys have no idea um I'm so thankful for smartphones I can't be alone with my thoughts that's just (laughs) it's dangerous (laughs) but anyway so it already started off bad and like me and my my mystical magical metaphysical self you know I was like well this is a bad omen it's gonna be a bad day like I was convinced I was like this is not gonna be good like I'm gonna fucking fail and everybody's gonna hate me and the event's gonna be terrible and the whole hotel's gonna catch on fire I mean I you know I didn't know um but uh that didn't happen actually that didn't happen at all um the only thing that was fire was you it was me yes that's correct that's that is correct no it ended up being a really good time so um you know we get to the event we set up um everything was good well so that was another thing is that we got to lock our shit into the speaker room and so and at first we were like well let's just get it in the morning i'm like you know what now we'll just drop it all off just in case and thank fucking god we did because then i could have you pedo go and at least you know get everything out and ready um for me to come obsessively rearrange (laughs) no you did it you did a bang-up job thank you well i do it a lot so um yeah 
you know, everything's got a spot. But but you helped, like I said, by just even getting the shit out. It you know knocks it knocks off time. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think I really like dawdled. Like I think I I got there pretty much at eight, well, seven or eight, eight maybe. Yeah, because you got there at nine. So I I got there about maybe you know no more than five or ten after eight, and it took me until you got there to get as far as I got as far as unpacking everything and organizing yeah. it as best as I could. So yeah, it was it was good. I'm glad I got there and could could kind of help out um yeah and well like i said you don't typically you know you're not familiar with the table and and that's fine you know it's not mm. and we had a lot of new stuff anyway you know <laughs> so yeah and it was cool because we were we were right in between uh heather Mosier and the waylands with the singular 14 society yes yeah, yeah which was so it was cool because i hadn't i hadn't seen them in a hot minute yeah so um got to bullshit with them and you know the the event. I think it op- it started at nine four. The vendors were pretty much all there at eight setting up, and then um, started at nine with the VIP guests. Right. So uh, there was stuff to do almost right away. I felt like we hit oh, yeah. the ground running. Oh yeah, you know? people were there and they were ready. You know, yeah, and, and everybody else came in at nine thirty, and it just it was crazy. <laughs> So I had I the one thing I didn't do um, was get change for the event because you know obviously we do stuff via card but we also do stuff with cash and you want to have change because nobody has exact change ever if right. they're using cash and I had gotten some from the hotel uh, from the hotel lobby but I also I oh you always use more right especially singles and stuff like that so I was like well let me go walk around the vendor uh tables because i got some time to kill and i i knew that i wanted to get the uh crypto theology they had like this this uh cover that they they this design that they did that looked like a dungeons old school dungeons and dragons module that they did for the event and it was like a poster a t-shirt and then like a uh frogman miniature that you could potentially use like in dnd so i wanted to get that and I went into the vendor hall, and luckily that guy's booth was like, or that guy's table and stuff was right there. And um, I walked up, and he was talking to some other random guy that also must have been a vendor, because I think this was before, this was probably even before 9 o'clock. And um, I had said, hey, like, I want to, I want to, the guy was talking to him about the Misfits and Glenn Danzing, which is, as we all know, a, a favorite topic of mine. Yeah. And uh, me and me and the guy from Crypto Tiazzi, I don't know your name. I don't, don't know if he's listening, but this wonderful, beautiful gentleman. And then this other random guy. And uh, we're talking about the Misfits and Michael Graves and Glenn Danzing and all this stuff. And uh, it was a really good conversation. The guy ran off. So then I go to buy the, uh, the, the festival pack that he did with the poster, the T-shirt, and the miniature. And at one point I pulled out, I had, I had $100 bill on me that I was trying to get rid of because, you know, the ATM will give you these and you're like, what the fuck are you supposed to do with them realistically? Right? Like you can't, you're not going to go like get McDonald's or anything. It's like, you have to wait until you're getting like, I don't know, gas or something big to where they don't have to give you that much change back. So I had pulled it out and I was like, I hate to be a dick. And I know that you're not even really open yet, but is there any, cause he looked like he had his shit together. He had a lot of stuff to sell. Sure. So I'm thinking realistically, this guy probably has a decent amount of change on him. I'm like, what are the chances that you'd be willing to break this? And he's like, no dude, 
you know, he's like, I don't know if you buy $70 worth of shit, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I'll break it. And I'm like, all right, well, uh, you know what? Don't worry. I had, I had it in smaller bills. So I buy it. I buy the thing off him with the smaller bills. I go back to the table about 20 minutes later, he comes up to me and he had the, he had the hundred dollar bill and he goes, you dropped this. And I was like, Jesus, dude, thank you. He goes, hey, somebody found it. And they tried to give it to me, and I knew it wasn't mine because why the fuck would I bring a $100 bill to a convention? (laughs) (laughs) And as soon as I saw it, I knew it was you. I remembered you. I'm like, because we were talking about Glenn Danzig. He's like, yeah, you stuck in my mind. So uh, just for I I went online yesterday, and I bought a lot of merch from him (laughs) through his website, which is good. It's all good stuff. He does a thing where he, he takes classic punk rock albums, and he, like, redoes them with cryptids so i got a uh outcome the wolves which is a rancid album that came out like they're all from the same era to like early 90s you know because we're him him and i are obviously the same age um but he did a green day kerplunk one and then he did a outcome the wolves rancid outcome the wolves album cover parody which i thought was pretty cool so i picked those up but i want to give that dude a shout out crypto theology um check them out i think i don't know if they were like the official anything of the event but they were they were featured pretty prominently on all the map and black stuff you know all the all the festival promotions and like i said they had that kit with the t-shirt and the and the poster and the minifig so uh patronized those guys they were very awesome very cool yeah that is a good story um because you know he didn't have to do that so no he didn't that was uh very very nice of him what a good dude i've never met him um even at the event i don't know maybe i did for a brief second but um I'm telling you, talking to people about Glenn Danzing, he, Glenn Danzing is a great unifier. He brings us together. That's how me and Daniel Thorndike bonded for the Blue Room Insight. And it, me and the, the, it saved me 100 bucks because he fucking remembered me. So if you're ever stopped at a bus stop or waiting for a train or just in an elevator with a stranger, talk to him about glenn danzig let me tell you and it works either way right (laughs) so like you know you just go up to somebody hey you like danzig and then they're like yeah and you're like oh hell yeah me too you know and just pick a song what right pick something and be like ah that's what even if you don't know anything about the guy pick something right and then you're bonded with that person forever or on the flip side of that you're like hey you like danzig and they're like no and you're like oh yeah and now you get to tell them about danzig yeah (laughs) no you're like fuck (laughs) that guy hate that guy now you're bonded over your hate for glenn danzig i mean it works (laughs) well there's no no rational human being would have hatred for glenn danzig (laughs) i think i think it's if if you if you come across that person in the wild you know the elusive uh non-danzing person that this is your chance to proselytize to them and to preach to them the gospel of Glenn Danzig, oh and and tell them about Danzig's works, and his his messages, and uh, you know, there you go. <laughs> That's how you make friends. And there you go. Yeah, I feel bad because like I get there and it's like eight fifty, maybe, <laughs> maybe it was eight fifty eight, um, <laughs> and I'm trying to you know set everything up, and you know people are excited to see me. And I felt I'm like, oh, that's great. And and like all the other vendors and shit, like they already had all their stuff done. So like I've got like friends that are like coming up and trying to chit chat. And I'm like, I'm just kind of I wasn't being a bitch. I was just busy, you know. And I'm like, oh no, my right. my being. I'm not trying to be off putting. Just let me finish this real quick. 
Well, if you were in that main room, then they got to set up all their shit the night before. Exactly. So they got there early and could do the finishing touches and the little tweaks and they could socialize. Where us in the, uh, in, in the, by the bathrooms, um, we were like, we were forced to kind of do it that night. Like we couldn't really do as much. We had to do it all, or I'm sorry, we were forced to kind of do it that morning. Right. So yeah, we were, we were busy, uh doing our thing right we didn't really have and you know initially i had thought hey maybe we could at least set up like the displays and things like that but you know i really i didn't want to like i didn't want to leave the alien out or anything just in case um, no that was smart and yeah. and there was part of me i didn't realize how connected that was to the resort and i and, I didn't and listen i'm not somebody i i do not live in fear of people i am not believe it or not as even even being the co-host of on wednesdays we talk weird i'm not that paranoid or anything but like no there's it would be too easy because i saw like you could tell like especially where we were at because we were down by the um where the conference center joins with the rest of the hotel with the rest of the great wolf lodge so I saw people that came from there that walked into the convention that were not ticket holders. Not that I'm sure Jeff fucking, I'm sure he still did okay. But there was, it was probably at least 50, maybe even 100 people that were not guests or that were not ticket holders that were right. able to walk in because they came from down there. And it was a lot of like groups of teenagers and shit. And like, yeah, I'm sure if you had like a group of teenagers on vacation, like your cousins or whatever, all wandering around at night just to get away from their family. And they came across some random shit laying out. Like, oh, they would have stole it or fucked with it. You know what I mean? Because right. not only is that a hotel, but it's a hotel full of kids. Little rich kids. Right. <laughs> right. It's not it's not like a business center at a Hilton Garden Inn, right? Like this is a fucking water park. So, like, yeah, leaving our, us, if if you had set more shit up the night before, I think we would have probably found it in disarray in the morning. So, right. I, I think that was the smart decision. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, I agree, you know. And so, yeah, I, I feel bad. So, for anybody that tried to talk to me right before that point, I, I wasn't trying to be a bitch. I, I was genuinely, genuinely excited to see you. Um, but I just already had a terrible morning. <laughs> and I just wanted to do my job. <laughs> um you know which i don't think anybody took offense to necessarily but i just personally i felt bad um but it was exciting i mean that was the first time that uh <coughs> that i was meeting the waylands um that was great i, I really I, yeah i've never met them before never met them in person i thought you know what that did that did kind of occur to me i didn't know that but yeah i mean i i suspected but i wasn't sure yeah, we uh, had had never met. This was the first time, um, so uh, that was super exciting. Well, because they're just they're far, you know. They're so far. They're not unrealistically far, um, you know. But it does take a little bit more, you know, to to get six hours, seven hours away than you know it does for um, right. some other people. Oh, if you're not visiting me, you sure should ain't visiting them. I'll set up a fucking roadblock if I ever catch wind of that shit. <laughs> you are. <laughs> You literally have to drive by my house to get to them. So just no. Well, that's true. Um, <laughs> you know, which I mean, we've had plans for a long time. I, I, you know, I want Tobias to be in the documentary. Like that's already set in stone. Like I want him in it. Um, it's just that, you know, well, him and I talked about it a little bit more. And I'm just I'm not going to spoil that yet. But it's an ongoing investigation. You know, that's just how it is with these things. Um, so, you know, once that I feel like that's at a comfortable place where I could stop it you know then 
I can justify taking a trip up to that area and, you know, spending the money to do it or whatever. Um, but all these things cost money. I mean, that's another thing. So it was really fucking nice to actually, it was nice to be so close to home this time around. Um, you know, that doesn't ever happen. You know, typically we have to go stay the weekend somewhere. I mean, this wasn't that, um, you know, granted I was locked out of my home, but (laughs) you know, (laughs) I could just go home afterwards and not have to worry about, spending the money to stay somewhere or whatever which would have been fine you know but sometimes it's not fine sometimes you don't know sometimes you show up to these events and you're like fuck i'm not i just spent more money coming to this event than i did you know than i did bring home and that wasn't the case this time so that was that was really cool because i didn't have that um expense to deal with so um but yeah you know so i meeting them for the first time is great um you know again i i was the host for the event um, but I did not introduce the first person and it's nothing against D or anything. I don't want D Elliot to think that I don't like them. I do. I adore them. Just that I was trying to get into, I didn't have that time to like get into the festival mode yet. <laughs> I was trying to transition into being that person. So I didn't get to introduce the first person. That's okay. Um, it gave me time to do what I needed to do, uh, talk to people or whatever, um, transition into that. And then I was on bright and early at 11. And, uh, man, that was a great experience. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Tell me all about it. Cause we haven't, you haven't debriefed me on that. Now I, I, I popped my head in the room when you were getting started. Um, cause I wanted to get some pictures and, and man, that was a standing room only crowd. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how did your, I mean, I know it was successful by all accounts, but yeah, what was it like for you? Um, it was very nerve wracking initially <laughs> because, you know, when going into it, you know, and, and again, I, I, I didn't do the traditional presentation and I made, I made that known to everybody. I'm not doing that here. I just want to have a conversation with you guys about this stuff. And, um, I didn't have bullet points to hit on and I was super fucking nervous um, because I didn't have any type of guidance. It was me. It was all me. I was the guidance. And, you know, I could tell, I mean, initially I'm talking a mile a minute, but everybody was enthralled. They were, they were very interested in what, what I was saying. And, you know, kind of as it went on a little bit, like at one point (laughs) I had been talking so much, I was like, I, I need to breathe. I can't breathe. I'm not breathing, <laughs> you know, cause I'm just, content. I'm just going, I'm just going for it. And, uh, so I pulled the microphone away for like a hot second, like just trying to catch my breath. And then the whole room was dead quiet. And I'm like, that's right. They're waiting for me to talk, <laughs> <laughs> you know, which nobody, I don't think anybody faulted me for anything. You know, they understand that I'm also a person, especially now. Um, but, but, you know, it was good. I just kind of explained who I was, explained what I did um, and what that meant and how I got into it. Um, <clears throat> and then briefly explained like my mothman sighting you know encounter or whatever um and then i would kind of circle back and you know i told a couple of jokes and that was fine and um nobody left like three people left like at the end but you know they they probably didn't leave because i was bad or anything but just because maybe they had to go pee they gotta pee they want to beat the crowd they want to listen to other people they want to go shop they knew that i was wrapping up because i'd gotten to you know people it kind of opened the i kind of opened the floor to for people to ask questions a little early on um 
because I wanted it to be engaging. Like I wanted people to be able to feel like they're having a conversation with me and a conversation is back and forth. It's not just I'll listen, I'll, I'll talk while you listen. That's not how that works. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I, I opened up questions early. People had some really, really fantastic questions. It was a lot of fun because, you know, one of the questions that I got was like how I felt about portals. Like, did I believe in portals or whatever? Um, and then I was like, hey, yeah, you know, actually, um, you know, speaking of portals, yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. And I, I was like, Skinwalker Ranch. And the whole room was like, oh, <laughs> like you can hear it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you guys have heard of that, huh? <laughs> you know, and they, um, you know, and then we kind of talked about, well, like we talked about on the show, you know, the people seeing the portals opening up at the ranch. And, and I think like a lot of the information that I shared is just not stuff that people really knew a lot about. And I think that they enjoyed that you know well if you listen to our show you would have heard you would have heard it um (laughs) when i first started though so i like i'm starting and i'm you know talking and all of a sudden the door opens up and the fucking frogman comes in and (laughs) and i like i was like "Uh uh-oh how do i make a big scene out of this i did a great job i just fucking deadpan my face and i was like oh my god everybody look look turn around look at that back corner there's a frogman and uh, sure enough, there it was. And it, I and I was like, I didn't, and I didn't plan that. It wasn't a bit. It wasn't something that I. But we, me and Frogman, had a great chemistry together in that moment, and uh, it was a beautiful moment. So, but it was good. Apparently, people enjoyed it. I hear. Um, I I couldn't stop talking to people <laughs> after that. You know, um, I'd go out because remember guys i'm also during all this right so then i knew that after i'm off right i had to um i had to uh introduce somebody else i think i popped out of the room for just a second right after my my talk was done and i signed that poster for somebody mm-hmm. and then i went back into the speaker room to introduce the next person which i believe was heather um and somebody had come up to me and asked me to sign something else and i was like yes just give me a moment and i'll come you know you know when i come out there let me introduce this person and whatever um and then so in between me having to be back on the stage every hour um i'm trying to call my maintenance guy (laughs) because i can't get in my house (laughs) so i would like go and i'd I'd walk outside i'd you know get away from people for a minute i'd go smoke or whatever i'm trying to call him and and then people would just start coming up to me and talking and then I, i felt bad because i know that like people you know, I told them you can come up to my booth to come talk to me or just come up to me and come talk to me or whatever. But I was hardly at the booth. And it's just because I kept getting caught up in conversation. And even like trying to shop, which it, it's a fantastic thing that I know all these people. Um, I'm, I'm very, you know, grateful for that, that I have all these friends in this community. Um, but even when I try to walk the vendor room and shop, like, I can't just walk around and shop because i know the people selling shit and i and i'm obligated to like stop and talk to them for a minute you know and um well i understand that they get it you know they're not going going they're not going to be offended if i'm like hey i'm just here to buy your shit and i'm gonna walk away they're gonna be mad about that but i want to talk to them also (laughs) and then so i'll stop at a table and i'll start talking to them and then i look at the time and well now i gotta go be back on stage so being the host is hard it is it's difficult um because you don't i didn't stop moving not one time the whole time so um but i liked it i liked everybody that i met 
um, everybody that I talked to. What was your guys' experiences experience like over at the booth? Because I wasn't there. Yeah, it's. Uh... I mean, it's kind of grueling, which is part of the reason I left. Like it's, it's so having a podcast, right? It would be one thing and I got to give this to you and I got to give this to Anne is that you guys have figured out how to make a successful booth out of a show that doesn't inherently like we like, look, look, we're not selling stuffed squatches right we're not selling mothman figurines uh we sell t-shirts but they're t-shirts that are based on uh our designs that you come up with or that like emily came up with or whatever right or 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 dodds so like we we sell stuff but we're 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 there, we're a podcast, right. right? So we're there to promote the podcast. We're selling our, ourselves, yeah. <laughs> yes. So if somebody comes up to the booth and they walk away with one of your QR cards that's got the link tree to where you can listen to the show, that's good because that potentially got us more listeners, right? So our success uh, with the booth is like based on two fronts, right? Either we sell shit or we get listeners, right? So that's kind of like we have we have a goal, whereas like but it's kind of it's it's a harder goal because to get people to actually listen, you have to give them a positive experience at the booth that makes them want to go and listen. Right. You got to sell it to them and you got to be funny and you got to be friendly and you got to walk away and be like, I want to listen to that guy's show. I want to listen to their show or yeah, you got to perform. Um, yes. And it's fucking I could only do that for so long or you or the, you they got to see something that they want to buy. Right. They got to look at your, you know, Emily's design or your Earth is a serial killer shirt or whatever. And they got to want to buy those things. And what's nice is that or and with the poppets. Right. Because she was popping that thing the whole fucking time. And we probably sold like we I don't don't know if you guys ended up selling out of them, but I'm sure we we probably came pretty damn close. Most of them. Yeah. Those kids, the kids love those fucking things. Right. But here's the thing. None of those kids are going to listen to the show. They're not. (laughs) We're just fine. We still got their $2. So that's what I mean. Like we have this weird, like hybrid goal. Whereas like crypto theology, he's just trying to sell t-shirts. Right. Right. The, uh, the people that make like crocheted Mothman fucking stuffed animals, they're just trying to sell you toys. Yeah. And, they do a good job because you just come and you buy their toys and they don't have to sell you the people selling the Funko pops don't have to sit there and hold the Funko pop and tell you how much you need this Funko pop. Right. You're going to walk up to the table and you're going to see a red Hulk Funko pop and you're going to give them 1999 for it. So for us, like it was, I mean, and thank God, like Anne was indispensable. I couldn't, I couldn't have done that without red and Anne. Oh, yeah. Because Ann was great because she came in there, she organized the t-shirts, she was popping the thing the whole time. So kids would be walking and they would see that thing shoot up in the air from 50 feet away and it would get their attention to come over. Now, once again, that was that was a $2 sale. Those people did not listen to the show. <laughs> they, they didn't end up buying one of my books. Well, some, I mean, but you like, get the parents still, interested and they might uh, listen to the show. Maybe, maybe there might, maybe there was one or two of those, but and I'm not, I'm not saying that that wasn't valuable too, because the, like you said, the whole point of these, the whole point of going to these conferences, yeah, it's to network number one, but it's also to make money. Right. Right. And if we're selling shit, then we're making money and we're being successful. So even though 
we sold more of those pop-up yellow things than we did t-shirts or books, it was still a sale. It was still bringing cash in. It was still walking out with cash that we didn't walk in with. So God bless Ann for that. And whoever I, and your idea to sell those things in the first place is fucking brilliant. Okay. <laughs> um, the T, I mean, and that, so there was that component of it, right? There was the, there was the sales and then there was the networking thing. And I know there was two podcasts, two podcasters, that I stopped and I had really meaningful exchanges with. I do not remember who the fuck you guys are. There is the one show, because my go-to question is when someone says, I have a podcast too, because it's like a third of the people there. Uh, you ask them what their last episode was on, right? And because that's something that they just spent an hour or two started. talking about. Yeah. yeah. So then they, they tell you about the show they just got done recording. And if it's something that I know about, and in both cases, it was we had really good back and forth because... I do a podcast too where we talk about this shit. The first show that came up, it was like the bizarro version of us. It was the multi version of us where it was a schlubby looking dude and a hot ass redhead. And they had just done an episode on um, Ted the Ca uh, not Ted the Caver, Robert Shaver, who the Shaver Mysteries yeah, 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 for yeah, Amazing yeah. Fantasy. Okay. So they had just done an episode on that. I know I haven't read the books yet. I want to. Um, I know talk we've about talked about. Yeah. Yeah, and I told him about the Ted the Caver thing, which is this blog that went viral a couple of years ago, maybe about a decade ago, actually, where someone was a was a cave explorer that kept a blog online, and eventually, at one point in the blog, they find um, this underground civilization that follows them home and stuff, and it's probably all like fiction, but it's done in a certain way. It's like if if you would think like a found footage blog type hybrid thing. And uh, it, it's called Ted the Caver, which is uh, kind of a playoff the Shaver stuff. So um, talked to them about that, had a great interaction. She was adorable. He was cool as fuck. Uh, they gave me their business card, and then I probably lost it. And then the other one was um, an another, uh, another podcast with a guy and a girl. And the ch they had just done one about some cult in um, Australia. That's like, I don't know, they do, they convince people not to use modern healthcare and they do some kind of like, like anal cleansing thing. I don't know, we were, we were having good laughs about it, but if you're either one of those people, please hit me up because I want to connect with you guys. You guys were awesome. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of, uh, you know, and here's where red came in. Red is. I wish that guy lived in Chicago because me and him would be fucking friends. <laughs> we I mean, be like, friends? <laughs> like hanging out. No, like hanging out like two, three, like like a couple times a week. Yeah, and shit. That's like like mean. at least Eskimo Bros. Like seriously, like we we would have some good times together. He is, um, he's a lot like me, where like he's very performative. Yes, but then you get to the point where like you're done. And you're like, I can't fucking talk to these people anymore. No, because you gotta, Red you gotta be too. on. And he was on. I mean, the couple <laughs> times that I was there, he was fucking on top Dude, of it. That was me and him. We and we had like this whole back and forth thing. We were doing that nonstop from from 10 a.m. until I left at four, and he said he was leaving at five. I don't know if he ended up staying later. But, like, we were doing that the whole fucking day. Yeah. And the thing is, one person would walk up and you would do it, and maybe you'd get a sale and maybe you didn't, but it didn't matter because 30 seconds later, someone else would walk up and you had to do it again. 
and you would just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And you keep saying the same thing over and over again. I'm sure the Waylands got, were so fucking sick of our voices because like Tobias, this whole thing is like, Hey, I wrote those books. So if you have any questions, I'd be happy to talk about it. Sure. And I, and the, here's the thing. Everybody says the same shit to every person when they come up. To, and I'm not knocking, I'm not knocking him, and I'm not knocking us. But I know Tobias is fucking shtick now because I heard him say it 300 fucking times yeah. that day, and right. he knows me and Red shtick by now too because he had to hear us say it 300 fucking times that day. And like I, and like my whole thing was like, do you like wearing clothes? Sure, we all do. Well, think, luckily we're selling t-shirts today. Blah blah blah. And so, and like to, the thing that I would do with Tobias was when he was making a sale, I'd, I'd turn around and I'd say to his customer, you know what, buy two copies in case you want to read it twice. And the person always laughed and yeah. Tobias would laugh. But you know what? Five minutes later, when he made another sale, I'd say the same fucking joke to the different customers. And me and Tobias would both laugh like we both heard it the, the, the first fucking <laughs> time. And that's what you do all day yeah. long is you make yeah. the same sales pitch to different people all day day long and you have the little you have little routines i learned this being a server when i used to wait tables because i would walk up to each table and tell the same fucking jokes and the same anecdotes make the same jokes about the menu and they would think that i was thinking this stuff off the cuff like i was doing it for the first time they didn't realize that like two minutes later i would walk across the restaurant to another table that i had to make the same fucking jokes right so like you learn a routine like when you watch stand-up specials and you see chris rock on stage you you're hearing it for the first time but that's not the first time he did that absolutely not yeah yeah so it's like but i can only do that for so long and then i'm like i don't want to talk to another motherfucker i want (laughs) i want to get in my car and i want to drive home i don't want to deal with any i can't do this shit anymore (laughs) i can't i can't do this i whatever people have that lets them fucking sit there and, and and back to my original point I don't think the other vendors have to do that. I don't think the guy selling Funko Pops has to do that because you walk up to his table and you either want to buy those Funko Pops or you don't. Right. The people selling with a table full of T-shirts, they don't have to do any of that. But you know who does have to do that? Like the Moth Boys. They have to do that. And when we sat across from them with Bill... I heard them do the same thing that we, because they have to make that same sales pitch. They have to be funny. They have to be charming. They have to be charismatic. And you have to walk away with their business card and you're actually going to scan that QR code and listen to their show. Right. You know, and it's just like, (sighs) I'm exhausted even talking about it. (laughs) I hate to be like a fucking spoonie, but I ran out of spoons. And part of it, and I got to say this, usually I can go the fucking distance, right? With Phil, I went the distance. With Marietta, I did the distance. I honestly am going to blame it on the drive the night before. That drive the night before shook me so fucking bad that I barely slept Friday night. I woke up Saturday morning, and I had my usual like pre-show jitters. And by like 4 o'clock, and I knew that you had it under control with Red and Ann there, I was just like... Well, that's why Red and Ann were there, you know, is so that way, um, because they, because what I'm doing the whole time is I'm I'm talking to people the whole fucking time. People are coming up to me. They want to take pictures. They want to tell me their stories. They want to talk, you know, and, um, and that's my job. You're the masters of ceremony. So, well, right. Which made it, you know, that much more, you know, so, which you know, they had to see my face, my face all fucking day long, you know? So of course I'm going to talk to me. That's fine. I'm, I'm totally cool with that. I love talking to people. I, I do. I love it. But when I go to these events, my best course of action is to have a crew there to 
make the sales, right? And uh, I, I don't have any expectation because it's volunteer work. You guys aren't getting shit out of it. Well, Pat, maybe you are because it helps grow the show. But, you know, as far as like Red and Ann, they don't get anything from this, like, except for knowing that they made me happy. Um, and I guess that's important to them. So, um, <laughs> you know, knowing that they helped me out made my life easier. Um, but yeah, Ann is not typically, I mean, she does do the little, the jumpy thing, which does draw people over, um, you know, but she's not. Anne's not the people person and Anne is the brains behind the operation and that was kind of when we had her on kind of the idea that you know I was letting people know because I talk about her enough you know she is the brains behind the operation um, she is 100% the tour manager if, if this was a if this was a band that's exactly what she would be she would be right. the person that makes sure that the hotel rooms are booked that the tour bus is on time, that the roadies are doing their job, that the venue has given us their cut of the door, that the merch booth people are doing their thing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I, as it's invaluable. As somebody, it's a multi-headed dragon that she slays every time she comes out. Yeah. And I could not, I have, listen, I, I'm not trying to get in her pants. I'm fucking 100% speaking from the heart when I say thank you so goddamn much <laughs> that any success that we experienced on Saturday would not be nearly as much as it was if it was not for her oh yeah it's, she she made that event a success for us and i am eternally grateful oh yeah i i for her yeah. and red red too red too. red did in his own mind and let me red said one thing red kept saying one thing that pissed me off is that he kept sometimes when he would refer to the show he would refer to the show like he wasn't a part of it motherfucker yes you are you're part of the <laughs> on wednesdays we talk weird army part a part of you're, my crew yeah. You're a four-star general in the end Wednesdays we talk weird army. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Yes. We don't always have everybody come back on the show. Um, you know, there's a reason why Red does. Actually, I, the one episode with Red, uh, the Liminal Spaces episode is in our top 5. Listen, uh, whenever when I wasn't when I was able to make those shows cuz I was uh uh in ill health, the one him <laughs> the two guys that you had fill in were um Tobias and Red, Red, yeah, because I, I, the only two guys that I gave my blessing to have come in and not cuck me, I was like, well, they can, they'll fit this chair, and uh, <laughs> I still maintain that. If anything ever happens to me, I can't make a show get Red because he is, and that guy should have a podcast of his own too. I agree. Seriously, he's he's one hundred percent personality. He's a genuinely beautiful, intelligent man. Man, he let me tell you know how much I love that guy. He showed me a meme that he was working on to roast me because of my because it was me trying to say meteorological and i said meet meteor meteorological ah fuck you red and he <laughs> he had he was working on a meme for it and it was so fucking funny and it was making fun of me and i appreciate people because I'm, I'm not going to act like this is like we invented this thing on the south side of Chicago. But shit talking for us is is a term of endearment. I don't know if it's an Irish thing. I don't know if it's a Midwest thing or what. But he speaks the same language as I do, and I love it that he busts balls and he's as funny as he is about it. And uh, nothing but fucking respect and love for that guy. And I'm telling you, if he if he ever were to decide to podcast, maybe he doesn't want the commitment or whatever, he would be he would be successful because he's got a wonderful personality he's a yeah. great showman yes yeah he's he's a good i'm glad you fell in love this weekend pato that, that's beautiful um i should have been doing shots of tequila out of his belly button right that was the fucking that was yeah. the missed stuff <laughs> jesus it'd be a lot smaller of a shot glass too. <laughs> yeah well yeah i don't know red do you have an any or, or an audi he listens to the show he'll tell me 
Oh, yeah. Are you an any or an Audi person? I've never seen it. Maybe I have. Well, I mean, anyway. Um, <laughs> I bet he's like a troll now. I bet he's got an Audi. You think he's got an, you think he's an Audi guy? I know he, I, I know he, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this on the show, but I do know that he has a Harry Potter scar on his, on his penis, but I've never seen it. So. Like a lightning bolt? Yeah. Is he a Horcrux? <laughs> Probably. <but. laughs> I don't, I don't think we should make too many Harry Potter references. People are going to think that we support J.K. Rowling. Oh, no. Fuck J.K. Rowling. Fuck Harry Potter. Yeah. I was never into this. I don't, I don't know what a Horcrux is. I don't know. Why would, why would I know what that but, is? But, uh, yeah. That I, that's, that's, I, I know that about, about Reds. And, and now you all do, too. Um, so yeah. that's <laughs> because of Anne. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, they are uh, great. I, I think that they're great together. It's so fucking funny because for the longest time with Anne and Ryan, because like, these are like my personal friends, right? I, I didn't get to know them because of all this. I've known them for a very long time. And, um, you know, it's funny because like I'll hang out with them and like I, I'll hang out with them individually. And, you know, you, you kind of forget that they're really, I hardly ever hang out with them both together. Like, we usually don't all three hang out together, okay? So, like, you'll kind of forget that, like, you know, Anne and, and Red are, are siblings. And then, like, one of them will do something. And they, they're both very quirky people. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I said, Anne's kind of antisocial, you know? I mean, she, she holds her own, right? She's pleasant to be around. Don't get me wrong. Um, but she's not performative. And she's not, you know, out there and but red is you know so they're very very opposite sides of the spectrum but then they're both very quirky and they've got their little things that like they do their little cadences and these little phrases that they'll use just a regular conversation and it's so funny because then like you just it's so plain as day of how similar they are i call them uh ann and bizarro ann and then they actually got into a fight over it <laughs> at the festival because <laughs> red's like uh no i'm red and she's bizarro red that's <laughs> you guys figure this out i don't <laughs> they're hilarious they're great they're they're opposite sides of the same coin it's perfect and I, yeah. I, I yeah i think they complement each other very well yeah and the two of them both brought something uh uniquely different but uh absolutely invaluable yeah. to uh the festival right. and um i wish that we could bring them to fucking everything everything yeah i'm gonna try to get ready to come more i mean and for the most part will go you know um, yeah but i, I want to get this is the first time red has come and helped out well he came to the masquerade ball that was just a fucking failure but we all had fun anyway hanging out at the fucking at terror town just drinking or whatever um yeah. but yeah i want to get them both to come as much as possible so uh hopefully you know if, if you guys stop by the booth and and it's not me or pat oh it's it's probably anna red and you should definitely take the time and get to know these weirdos because they're great um and they deserve the uh they, they deserve a, a dose of um wholesome gratitude as well so if we had i almost i almost felt a little bit bad because i thought if we had this event in chicago i don't know if i could leave ashley here with two people that would be and i don't try to talk shit about my chicago friends because i know a lot of them listen to the show but like you got good people you have a really good fucking support system oh, thank you and uh i'm very happy for you and uh that's it we'll stop yeah yeah exactly yeah. so i yeah so my story i left yeah, uh, i i pieced i pieced out and drove back the thought of being home by like 8 8 30 uh was absolutely intoxicating 
So um, <laughs> I had a 12-pack of beer back in the hotel room that I gave you guys yeah. and gave you a room key. and Because uh, I had bought the room for both nights. So I was like, fuck it. And uh, drove back. And so didn't tell my wife that I was coming home. And I surprised her. And uh, and she was there text- with the milkman. No, I, that would have been hot. No, unfortunately, <laughs> they were they were watching Poker Face in their own, in their fucking jammies on the couch, and um, yeah, it was all good. It was good. It was good to to get back and unpack and spend the night in my own bed and shit. And you know, I wish yeah. I would have hung out. But so, did you? Let me just ask you this real quick. Did you make it to the brewery at all? Yeah. So we we did. Um, How was that fucking drive to the brewery? Down- <laughs> Yes, because yeah. so here, here's what I did Friday night. Like I said, like the, I had this whole thing where I had to switch hotel rooms. I wanted to go to the brewery. For, I went to the brewery Friday night just to pick up food because I figured, okay, I didn't know if anyone was going to be out. I no. knew Tobias and Emily were in the same kind of state that I was where they were like, fuck it. We just had a hellacious drive. We're going to stay in. And I was like, all right, well, I'm here in cincinnati i might as well go out and i didn't know if anyone was going to be at the brewery anyone from the convention so i was like i'll go and then you were there and i didn't and i didn't know if you guys were going to go there and then i had already placed the order to get my food and then by the time i got my food you were like well we're fucking leaving so i ended up going to the brewery just to pick up my food bring it back to the hotel room but to get and it was only it was like less than a mile away from my room to the brewery and it was a $30 lift ride. I have no idea why. I have never seen it cost $30 to go less than a fucking mile on lift. Okay. But it was. And I was like, well, fuck that. As much as I did not want to drive anymore, I thought, I'll go to the brewery. And I thought, how bad of a drive could it be less than a mile? <laughs> Little did I realize that I was in like, this fucking descent into hell, like Tokyo drift hairpin turn. Like how fucking insane was that? And then you yeah. get down to it and you're in this weird, like cavern of buildings. I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, I, this is, this is the, this is fucking, I am in the twilight zone, uh, which fit, I, I guess fit the, the vibe of the week. And that bridge was horrifying. <laughs> and the thing is i had motherfuckers behind me going down that hill that must have made that drive every day for the past 50 fucking years right right like what do you mean why are you going so slow like they're doing the fucking they're tokyo drifting and shit and i'm like Ugh! it was it was so nerve-wracking and scary and then i got there and i asked the bartender because you like you park in that thing and then you could i saw that there was like a road on the other side of it and i thought okay maybe my maybe my map just took me like the wrong way or there's another way out and i was like is there any way out of here besides that fucking thing he's like nope bro that's how you're going back up and i'm thinking why do you put a bar at the bottom of that kind of fucking street yeah like that i'm like what i'm like what do you do when it snows like you're just fucked do people just live down here until it stops snowing and then they fucking (laughs) climb i don't know man so who you tell me so that was it i'm out of the story at this point (laughs) I had seen the brewery, and that's like I was trying to tell the Waylands about it the next day. Where I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I'll go to this thing tonight, but like, I ain't driving because <laughs> I'm not having like a fucking beer and then yeah. trying to pilot my way out of this. Like, no, nah, that that's worse than the fucking trench, uh, the dust. Like, no, I don't know. Well, right. okay, so here's so okay, so and 
right drives this big ass fucking jeep cherokee all right <laughs> so she drives all right and drives us everywhere and i trust Anne with my life i mean i actually i was tell i was like bragging to her about her driving while we were driving down there um because like when we went to the high strangeness eerie event up there we drove through the worst fucking ice storm ever and um you know at one point like we get into erie and like we're going down this hill and it's just a whole sheet of ice and the fucking jeep starts going sideways <laughs> and Anne is just fucking cool as a cucumber she corrected it she's fine she's like let's go um Anne is a badass bitch when it comes to driving okay um but Anne did not like those turns you know she did not like this no she does them she does it she'll do it yeah. you know and we i mean driving all over west virginia i mean west virginia is just like that road it's like that almost everywhere there yeah um you know so because you're in the mountains and right. that's like that you forget like the whole town is on the top of a hill right and then this brewery is in like a little canyon or some shit yeah <laughs> yeah and so you know she, she's used to it so i mean we went um so initially we went to the brewery and uh when we showed up there only a couple of other people showed up i guess the moth boys took everybody else to a different brewery and i didn't really know how i felt about that and so um instead i just decided to go back and hang out with the waylands were hanging out at the room and honestly like again this is the first time i'd ever met them um they're like some of my best friends in this field and so like that's who i wanted to like that was my priority with like who to hang out with anyway so you know because i don't get to see them all the time um so we just went we left that brewery and went back to um their hotel and hung out with them and fucking heather Mosier and uh, we had a great time we had a really good time um tobias is hilarious if you want him to like you um just tell him that you like his presentation and uh you'll be best friends he told us so <laughs> <laughs> no he's 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 really funny um you know but yeah we had a great time just kind of chit chatting and you know just talking about things um and it was very chill um we probably stayed for about two hours i mean really just kind of chilling and and then we you know we went home um but it, it was good it was a good time um so that was cool we were talking about um so i was like sharing with them how you and i will do a show on a topic and then all of a sudden it appears everywhere so i use the um spontaneous human combustion so this isn't something we really talk about on the show itself but this does happen a lot to me and pedo yeah and it's it, like uh, super obscure topics it let me put it like this i am not i am not a a conspiracy well i guess i am a conspiracy weirdo because I yeah, you are. <laughs> but like it happens that and it it, it happens about once every month and a half it, it happens a lot and we've been doing the show for we're in our fourth year now um no third. It, well a calendar year i mean because we're in two that we started 2019 didn't we no or we started 220 I started it in 2020. You started it at the ass end of uh, 2020. Right. You started in like spring of 2020, and then I started like in August with you. Yes, yeah, 2023. You had like six months without me. Three years. And then, the third year but it, 2020. So yeah, it's 2023. So like roughly third year. Okay, never mind. But still, still it happens yeah. about every every five or six episodes. Then boom, we'll open up Paranormality Magazine. <laughs> And they'll be like, wow, there's an article about it, some obscure topic that we just fucking talked yeah. about. 
or what was that what's that other i don't know if you want to mention them no but what's what's the other site I'm there's not going to um because I, where we did what was the topic though because it was so it was, fucking crazy it was spontaneous human combustion it's been a couple of them so here's the thing um it, it probably it, it probably does happen more than that but we talk about things that other people talk about right we did the episode on roswell well, sure people are going to talk about roswell it's big right but this is like small things like i said spontaneous human combustion nobody talks about it that's why we did a show on it um the bermuda triangle right we pretty much have figured out the bermuda triangle now like we know like the secrets of it and nobody fucking talks about it and we talk about it and like bam here's this other publication podcast whatever something does it and then um we did the lottery curses episode who the fuck have you ever heard talk about the lottery curse yes that was that yeah and then i get on youtube and there's this uh channel that i subscribe to that that like runs all these documentaries and they did one on the lottery curses so it, it's just constant so pat's like oh we manifest the universe or something you know he said you said something like that and so i was like talking about that while we're all hanging out and heather is like oh my god i'm terrified of spontaneous human combustion i'm like oh yeah that and we all just you know kind of joked about that how that was as kids we thought that would be a real issue you know what i mean and um so then heather's driving back home on sunday and she sends me a voice message and she's like hey so i'm driving back home she she's like three four hours away from where we were and she's like and i'm listening to um it's a podcast called lore uh, which I, I heard is really good i've never heard it oh yeah, oh, yeah. it's all right and uh, he's very he's, I, i'm not gonna no go on okay I'll, all right sure <laughs> she's, leave it at that she's listening to lore and she was like and you know it's just that uh, it's episode 44 comes on and guess what it's about spontaneous human combustion um so it's just crazy because they have a huge catalog and of all those episodes like that's the one that plays like that's what we talked about and so i don't know what it is that we do pato but there's some type of magic afoot and uh i don't hate it so yeah so let's go back sure let's go back to something that you just kind of glossed over what's this other brewery that they took them to who how, first of all who did they hijack and because this this sounds odd so there was a there was no one at the cartridge brewery so like a couple people showed up uh jeff craig showed up obviously because i mean yeah. that's he had he told everybody could oh continuously that's where the after party was going to be at yeah um had even like talked to them they had a loveland frog ipa available and i mean all kinds they of sure did i and yeah i saw that they had all kinds of stuff up for it the night before when i was there yeah right so they were you know <laughs> that was the whole thing so jeff craig showed up um cabinet of curiosities i think showed up which i don't really know those people very well um sherwin who listens to the show uh he showed up which is oh i that's someone that i really wanted to meet because they uh interact with them on twitter a lot you probably did talk to him he, okay. he was up at the booth a couple times i just don't think you he's the guy that gave us the marker and the pen the nunchuck pens in the oh, beginning yeah, i don't know that's okay know, it's fine yeah. yeah you meet lots of people at these things but yeah sure well no one says like here's my here's my twitter handle hey, but I'm that's sure honestly what you should do <laughs> i have like blindness I, I don't care how many times i look at your pictures i don't know who the fuck you are when you approach me at an event you need to tell me who you are yeah just say hey i'm this person on twitter was courtney black there no she didn't show up i didn't yeah i didn't think so because no, that was another thing where i didn't know that they were gonna well it didn't matter because i didn't go up but uh i think they were just she was just gonna show up just to show up but she, she didn't yeah. um you know and that's fine but uh yeah so 
and I, I believe that was it. Uh, another guy who does art, I don't know. I mean, he showed up. Um, but then they were like, well, yeah, the Moth Boys are telling people to go to some other brewery. I, don't know, I can't remember the name of. What the fuck is that about? I don't know. I don't know. Let me go through their pictures and see if I can. Because you know what? They did post something, I thought. and I, Yeah. Yeah, here's them at a bar. That's right. Oh, Cassie, you dirty bird. <laughs> you dirty birdie. Yeah, she was like, oh, I'm not going out tonight because I have kids. And I was like, and I, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. When she said that, it made me miss my kids. And it's part of the reason I turned around and drove home. So she gave better advice than she could follow. You're in trouble. Girl. Oh, you leave her alone. <laughs> her kids are fine. But yeah. I, right. I, but I was like, that's such that's such an adult. I'm like, God damn it. That's right. I am a parent. I miss my kids. I'm driving home tonight. And then she's like, fuck it. I'm going out. Wow. Because she's going. She was doing the belly button tequila shots. No, Cassie's sober. No, I know. Oh, I well, I was. You know what? That's the other thing is that uh, I am sober, too. Um yeah which is fine i still would have gone out because uh i realized that just because i'm sober doesn't mean that i like drunk girls any less yeah. or drunk people any less what am i talking about um so yeah i don't know well um yeah i don't know if there was anything that was like weird about it i don't know if there, it was just there was a miscommunication about where <laughs> everybody was getting up whatever i love how diplomatic you are i, I will not ruin your thing well, Go ahead. i mean i'm Sure, Why? I'm sure it was an accident. I don't want to make assumptions. Um, or what are they going to do? Kick our ass? Like, it's all right. No, but there's no reason to go creating drama with people that are. I don't think, circles. just like, there's no reason to split the fucking party, bro. Everybody that plays D&D knows you don't split the party. I, I, I agree. Keep the party together. I thought it was weird. I wasn't invited. Um, so I don't know why <laughs> oh so yeah but god forbid we say anything to ruffle feathers when you're not getting invited to the fucking competing after party yeah, you know i want to stay in those people's good graces fuck you yeah, no, nobody tried to reach out to me at all um well i'm sure if i had still been in town that i would have been invited but unfortunately i, I ran home to uh be with my family but i uh i mean i went and hung out with the coolest people that were there anyway so agreed agreed um you know that's that's fine um you know i i'm not interested in the you can't sit with us thing like that's i you know it's whatever <laughs> i i it for me it because so when we started doing this like you knew you were like more in the so at least you still are you're you're more of like the social aspect of this than i am like i knew tobias before i even did the show i knew tobias from when i did the show with loyola um you know i and so and me and him go to like D and D stuff. We do like game hole together and shit. Like that guy is like my friend because of normal stuff, not because of anything having to do with the show or like the scene or anything. Um, but yeah, I I kind of was late to the party on that. And what was interesting, and I was thinking about this the other day, and I will be diplomatic when I say this, is that some of the people that were like the like the tent poles of that circus are not even around anymore. Like and it hasn't even been that long, yeah. Right, and like some of the some of the the big faces on the totem pole aren't even fucking relevant, and um, I don't know. I think that's I I think that to me says why do we even need to do it like this? Right. Why did why is it that no matter where you fucking go, 
there's going to be people that try to build up fences and then act as gatekeepers. Why? I agree. Right. I think that that's, it speaks more about human nature. And even in a, even in a gang of outcasts, you're still going to have a cool kids table. Yeah. And uh, that to me, someone that's kind of like the coolest, uh, I I don't feel the need to be like that because I would never do that with, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I It's just, it's, it's interesting. I think it's something that it's inescapable, unfortunately. It's human nature and you're going to see it in everywhere. You know what I mean? I'm sure you go into fucking, you know, the, the jungles of wherever and there'll be, you know, the cool kid, the cool head shrinkers sit over here and the outcast head shrinkers that don't shrink as many heads or that shrink heads differently have to go sit on that fucking rock. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I do, there's, I there's always going to be like weird divisions, whatever. Man. I find it very sad, you know, which is ironic because like, you know, we actually, I mean, when we hung, when I hung out with the Waylands, you know, we talked about this a lot because oh, we, I'm sure. Yeah, we did. And, you know, because you <laughs> fucking, you think that these people are your friends and like, they're not actually really your friends and it's shitty. It sucks. And, you know, you kind of, it, it, you kind of become hardened to it and you kind of become very cold um, and bitter. And then the good people that do come around, you know, you may miss the opportunity because you're so fucking bitter from everybody else. I mean, you're already the black sheep in your own fucking world, right? With your own family and your own friends. You're already the fucking weirdo. And then you think you find your people and you're the fucking black sheep of the black sheep. And it sucks. It hurts. It's not a fun right. feeling um i don't know why that happens I, I well i think it happens be, there's no listen there's no law that says that you got to be cool there isn't some people just aren't cool and maybe they think they're cool but like there's nothing cool about that like there's no way that you can spin that and be like and and have the punchline of the story be but i'm a good person like you're not yeah you know and i don't you know i think that inclusion is something that people like to talk about to a certain extent but i don't think they they really mean it I, yeah. I think that as much as we see culture and society pushing towards this idea of inclusion um we got a long way to go i've never met anybody in this community <laughs> and decided that i explicitly want to exclude them that's never happened and you know what probably never will because i'm just not that person i don't know um if people don't think i'm cool or don't like me or whatever i mean that's their fucking loss i don't care <laughs> you know i don't i mean I, I i do okay i'm lying i do care to an extent nobody wants to be disliked um let's be honest and obviously um I, I want to feel important and I have a need more so on a different level because I, I host a show and I'm an internet personality, right? I mean, clearly I want to feel special. Um, so I can't act like it doesn't hurt my feelings, but at the end of the day, um, I have people that are very important to me that I have met through this community that are fucking saints and I appreciate the hell out of them. And I wouldn't have met those people if I didn't go through the fucking troves of bullshit and people that suck to get to there. You know, some people, some people, and this, and this isn't necessarily directed towards anyone. This is legitimately, I'm zooming out now. I'm not, I'm not making 
like thinly veiled left-handed fucking uh compliments about other people that were at frogman fest this is legitimately me just talking about human nature in general that there's some people that um that withhold affection or recognition as a form of control or abuse and this is something i've seen in many different ways from many different people over the many different years that i've been alive and it's nothing particular to the cryptid shit or the podcast shit or fucking anything i've been in bands with people like this i've had family members like this where like regardless of what you do you will never get a pat on the back and thumbs up from them because they realize that that is all you really want and even if they even if you deserve it or even if they part of them thinks that you deserve it they won't do it because as long as they don't do it you will keep singing and dancing and vying for their attention. And that makes them feel special. So the only way to combat that is to take that away from them and say, no, your opinion means shit to me. If, if you don't care enough to treat people decently, then I don't care enough about whatever the fuck you think about anything. Right. And that's, that's the honest to God truth. And that like, I think that, you know, being performative or being an extrovert or being a, a somebody that creates content, being a person that makes stuff. Obviously, yes, we are looking for an audience, right? Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing this. Otherwise, we would, these would just be conversations that you and I are having on the phone every week. The fact that we record them and then put them out on the internet just goes to show that we want people to listen to us. Sure. Right? And I think that, you know, even though we, obviously we do this because we're seeking an audience, um, that, Oh, I completely forgot where I was going with this. That's the most pato thing I could say. <laughs> I forgot. I lost my train of thought. Completely went off the rails. Oh, you know, no, you cannot, you cannot let other people be like the deciding factor of whether, of your like sense of self-worth. You cannot leave like your vision of success up to like be dependent on someone else's stamp of approval because if you focus on the wrong people they will withhold that stamp of approval even if you've technically earned it a hundred times over they won't give it to you just to fuck you and make you feel bad about yourself because that's how they feel good about themselves you cannot get your sense of self-worth wrapped up in another person's fucking shit because you don't know what their shit is and you don't know how fucked up it is. And just because someone looks a certain way or talks a certain way or acts a certain way, you don't know what's in their heart, right? So you never want to like let someone's approval or disapproval of you really fucking make or break your day. You can't because you can't give another person that kind of power over you because people are inherently flawed. You know what I mean? And if you give your trust and you give your, your, your sense of worth to the wrong person, they can just completely destroy you and they won't even think twice about it, you know? So, um, I, I understand what you're saying is that, you know, you would hope at this point that we would get recognition or that we would get this or that we would get that. And sometimes we've gotten it and sometimes we don't. Like I said, I, I subscribe to Paranormality Magazine. Every time we make the top 10, I send you a picture of it. Like, look what we got. And every time I open up that magazine and I fucking see it, it's a, we did it this month. What are we at? We're, we're, even if it's like eight, whatever, who gives a shit still like, that's pretty cool. Right. And I remember, I know how like we weren't on there for the longest time. Like, what the fuck, you know? And now we're on there like kind of like every couple of months. And that to me doesn't make or break whether or not I'll get up and do the show the next Monday. But it's still cool to be in there. Like you got invited to MC the fucking Frogman Fest. 
and be one of the speakers. And you spoke in front of a fucking packed room. And I watched those doors because our table was parked right in front of them. Nobody left. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody. And I, yeah. I paid attention that whole fucking time because I wanted, I was worried about you. I, and I even said it to, you can ask Red and Ann. I was worried about you. Not that I didn't think you could do it, but I just, I care. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, I hope she, I hope she crushes it, man. It's a fucking packed house in there. If you thought the room was going to be half empty and you were going to have an easy time, you weren't because there was more people than chairs in that room. And, uh, you know, you, you killed it. No one ran away and people came up and talked to you afterwards and told you to do a good job and fucking wanted to Now, I wish they all bought copies of my book, but whatever, maybe you forgot (laughs) to mention that in your speech. Let them listen to the show, get to know you, then they will. (laughs) (laughs) You know what though? Let me, let me say this about that book. The one thing I want to say, some lady and woman, God bless you. I don't know who you are. If I did, I'd, I'd name one of my grandkids after you. Some woman walked up to that, our booth. And had a smile on her face ear to ear and said, are you pedo? And I said, yeah. And she goes, is this your book? And I said, yeah. And she goes, oh, my God, I got to buy one. And I'm like, who are you? And she's like, I listen to the show. I just started listening like two weeks ago. And I was like, oh. And she's like, yeah, I heard you talk about it last episode. And I was like, holy shit. And I know you walked up like right when she was leaving. And and you were like, what happened? And I'm like, I just sold a book. And you're like, you're always surprised that people listen to the show. You are. And I am. <laughs> I am. But like, that was that's not somebody that like I'm friends with that wanted to buy a copy or read a copy like right to support you. Right. Yeah. I don't. That woman didn't know me from him, and she fucking like genuinely wanted to buy your book. And I, you think I give a fuck if I didn't get invited to a different after party? Yeah. Like. Fuck that. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? I get what you're saying. Validation, that means more than anything. Yeah. The the validation is something we, as podcasters, you don't get a lot of, right? We don't have a, a, a YouTube comment section, um, you know, for people to, like, interact, you know? And then, like, when we go to these things, there's people, I, I know people, like, listen to the show, but don't mention it right off the rip. I've talked to people. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, you know, Wednesdays we talk weird, whatever, whatever. And then, like, they'll, I'll be like, here, take a card. And they're like, oh, I listen to the show. And it's like, just tell us that. The validation is so invaluable. Like, it doesn't matter how much money you make at the booth. It doesn't matter. You're right. What after party um, you go to. I felt better. I, I went up to some guy's table that was vending. I didn't know who the hell he was, but he knew who the hell I was. And that felt great. It felt great to stand up in a room full of people, whether or not they knew me or not, and have a packed house. Because not everybody's talk was packed. And mine was. And that felt amazing. Didn't matter if I walked out of there with zero dollars. You know, because mm. I, I had what I came there for. and it's, Which we didn't do that either. But No, we didn't do that either. We, we did pretty well. Um, but, you know, we just don't get a lot of that. And especially in this field and especially, you know, a lot of the things that I do is behind the scenes. Like, you guys don't even know. I talked to a guy there who had a, a local sighting of um, what's dubbed Littlefoot, which is actually really fucking interesting to me. Um, and like we, we were networking and it's somebody that I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking to in the future and doing more of these investigations and, uh, but nobody knows any of that. I don't put any of that really out there. Sometimes I'll put it up on the Patreon about like what kinds of things I'm doing and stuff like that. But like all this research, like nobody knows how many hours I've spent doing this <laughs> and the people that do know, because they also do it, you know, when they look at you and go, Hey, great job. You know, it's important. When I was like talking to Heather, you know, and just talking about how exhausting all this, she's like, but you got to keep doing it. And 
like that felt fucking amazing like for heather moser to tell me to just keep doing this like it felt it felt good and uh so i i get what you're saying i, I know what you're saying so you know at the end of the day like cool i won't sit at the cool kids table um but i am going to and have already started to make my own table and let me tell you let me tell you something brother you're invited um because i'm not a piece of shit and i don't don't know who you are i will talk to you i will genuinely sit there if you ever talk to me at any of these events i will sit there and talk to you like a fucking person because i just i don't believe in the fucking cattiness and the popularity contest and that's not what i'm here for and i just i will never be that person and if i ever do become that person I give you all of you full 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 staff permission to you know tell me <laughs> that I've become that person because I don't ever want to be that like it's definitely given me a really good perspective about what I do and do not want to turn into so and fuck mm-hmm. that yeah I, I I'm gonna quote a great man and say uh, let's have a toast to the scumbags let's have a toast for the assholes <laughs> let's have a toast for the jerk offs every one of them that I know. <laughs> our soap our soapbox our little field uh, uh, podcast we got going on here our lord and savior kanye west it's it's nothing but uh it's it's nothing but love over here you know that's just not i, uh, I just i don't have it in I, you know what i i think from what you're telling me saturday night you were at the cool kids table. i was yeah and you know what saturday night i was watching poker face with my family and and that was exactly where i wanted to be too that so. was cool kids table exactly right you know you make your own cool kids table. you make your own tribe uh, and that's why i really wasn't going to talk much about it because i just didn't you know, i know i bring out the worst those, those people didn't even really deserve <laughs> that much time um, uh, you know what here's the thing i i'm not even i'm not i'm not even shitting on anybody i don't fucking care well I'm, I'm i don't care who knows maybe it was a big miscommunication but the fact of the matter is <laughs> this is not the first time this has happened uh who i don't fucking care you know what i mean i mean who cares what, what i i it's i i'm not even gonna say anything else it's it's completely fine and and here's the thing um we got monster fest in june oh yeah and then we we got withville right after that and uh i don't even know i gotta rethink that i might have i'm deaf there there is i was telling danny there's no way in fuck i'm missing i'm missing withville like even though that's the further one away that's 10 hours away from my house you were sitting there bragging about how you got to drive 40 minutes back and forth to this fucking thing you know uh i don't have that luxury and withville is going to be even further away but if there's one event that i make this year if there's one event that i will most definitely come hell or high water be at it is the withville ufo fest and it's for the same reason why i would never miss the frogman festival either as bad as that weather was on friday and i knew that weather was going to be bad i'm I'm an engineer i pay attention to the fucking weather i i track the weather like i i, I could tell you the weather outlook for the rest of chicago this week right now yeah you're a weather, um, weather nerd i get it i am i have to it's part of my job <laughs> and there was no way in hell i was going to miss it because i love jeff greg oh yeah and just like there's no way in hell that I'm going to miss Withville, even though it's 10 fucking hours away. And the thought of driving 10 hours to sell T-shirts <laughs> is uh, is is not something that appeals to me right now. But I love the Van Husses. Love them. Yeah. And I will drive 10 hours to, to be at their event. And I'll, I'll same thing with Jeff. I don't care if I have to drive through tornadoes next time and ride cows <laughs> through tornadoes. I will do that to make it to the Frogman Part 2. Yeah. Um, because I love those people. I died for those will, people. 
Yeah. Well, fuck all about that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Jeff, but, you know, I got shit I want to do still. Like, <laughs> Jeff's had a good run. <laughs> I don't need to sacrifice my life for his. He's all good. He understands. You know? You know, I, but I understand. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Definitely, for yeah. sure. Uh, you know, speaking on the opposite spectrum there, again, some really fucking fantastic people that, deserve yes. all the good things in the world and uh that's that's what matters to me the most and, and that's why i love these events again it's because it's a chance for me to see my friends and i i and i love them and i i'm sad that we all live so far away from each other i, I know you guys feel the same way um you know otherwise we could you know hang out this friday or whatever you know <laughs> it's unfortunate but you know. yeah me and the waylands did talk about that because they don't live that far away from me like they're yeah. they're an hour hour and a half away from me and you know granted i see them i see them more often but um we need to start doing stuff together more absolutely yeah you know but yeah so it was it was great um one thing that you know i i did appreciate the heck out of just seriously guys if you're not already you know i plug in more people but if you're not already um checking out the singular 40 and website on a at least weekly basis if you haven't bought tobias whalen's books if you're not following the guy on social media which of, of course on a social media it's definitely a lot more him um but you should so i got to sit in for a couple of moments of like his talk and then like kind of catch some things about it which i, I wanted to sit for the whole thing but my phone kept going nuts and um that's just a whole nother i didn't want to be rude so um but it was really funny because like he opened up his presentation and just even like the cover of his presentation mine's the same one <laughs> like we have the same cover for a reason and I, I mentioned that i was like that's i was like that's hilarious we both have like the same which it's mothman you know hey it's like a black it's like a blackish gray background with red eyes on it i mean what else are you gonna do you know it's fitting but some of the other ideas and things that he talks about i mean we definitely are on the same page with those beliefs so if you like what i do you're gonna love what he does um it's just that he's been doing it longer than i have so you know he's definitely got more experience there you know go support that guy fuck i mean <laughs> his, his lake michigan mothman book that's the book that i interviewed him about when uh i was on the loyola podcast and that one's really good but his second book i think it's strange tales or something that one is unbelievable and i think it 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 really showcases him as being an excellent writer and it makes uh i i can't wait to read his next book because that is uh it's light years beyond just doing simple research and uh you know kind of talking about a, a paranormal flap or whatever it really is a, a triumph of storytelling in a medium that sometimes it's just a lot of uh, fact-based reporting yeah. or names and dates and interviews. It, it, it elevates it beyond that. And it adds a element of um, controlled stylized narrative. That's not often seen in this, uh, in this field. Yeah. And it's, I, I could not recommend it enough. It's a great book. Definitely. Um, you know, and I'm not going to act like Tobias hasn't done great things. I mean, he's, he's done, you know, he's been on TV, he's documentaries, you know, he's, fucking <laughs> written books you know he's done some really great things but he's just still very underappreciated i feel like in this field as a researcher um because we just have all of this um you know you got people that just are entertainers that's strictly <laughs> actually well, you know he, he 
you know what he calls them? Professional wrestlers. Yep. I know. Yes! I know. I, I, I heard him say that. I was like, it's and I hate to say it, but like, I think I'm a professional wrestler. I was like, I could live with that. I think, I, I think I'm the diesel of the, uh, <laughs> you know who diesel is? That was Kevin Nash's like first. I always like Kevin Nash. But is it Kevin? Is it Kevin Nash? Is that who I'm thinking of? I don't want to say the wrong one. Who's you're gonna get beat up if you get this wrong by a wrestler? A lot of our no, it's Kevin Nash. It's Kevin Nash, 100. Because then he was in he was in uh, Magic Mike as well, which is that fits me to a T. So yes, I am the Kevin Nash of. Yeah, of fuck, yeah. Well, yeah. right. And and no, his analogy on that is fucking perfect. I mean, go listen to him more in depth, but you've got professional wrestlers and then you've got Olympic wrestling, right? They're not the same thing. Professional wrestlers are strictly entertainment. It's not real, right? It's very, um, you know, showy offy and glitzy and glammy. Whereas like professional wrestling, like takes actual fucking skill. It's people that train their whole lives to do this. I mean, you know, and, and and he's right. I mean, that's how it is in this community. And um, it just depends on the uh, side. You're not wrong for liking either. I'll say that. You're not. Whatever side you fall on. Maybe you like the ghost hunting shows and all that bullshit. But it is bullshit. It's not real. And, you know, or maybe you actually are interested in the science. And, like, you can't wait until we discover something. Um, maybe you like a little bit of both. Hey, I like a little bit of both sometimes. I'm speaking at the fucking Squonkapalooza Festival. Squonk isn't real, you guys. That's not a real thing. <laughs> but I'm going to speak there because it's fun. And I, I do like the gimmick, you know, to a point. Um, you know, you can enjoy both, but we can't forget about the Olympic wrestlers, you know, because they really put the work in for what they do. Sure. I I, I am to... to... <laughs> it's like like Tobias is like what was that guy's name like the Steiner brothers like the dudes that were like actual wrestlers with the headgear and all that shit and uh, and I'm just big daddy cool you know what I mean okay <laughs> however you like, put yourself in there no he's an Olympic wrestler he deserves a gold medal and and all that shit and, and uh me and me and uh and you're aiming for the championship belt i got you me and me and jim jam are the fucking uh the nasty boys (laughs) we lick each other's armpits yeah fucking jump off the top rope with pocket sand yeah (laughs) you and jim jam are the nasty boys yeah right and red's like our mr fuji (laughs) oh god and and you're miss elizabeth no i'm not no no i want to be uh the announcer guy Gorilla Monsoon? No, the other guy. Oh my god, what's his fucking name? Jerry Lawler. I don't know the guy that yells a lot. I guess they all yell a lot. I just want to be somebody that yells a lot and gets excited. Oh, Jimmy Hart, the guy with the megaphone and the glasses, the mouth of the South. I don't know who these people are really. I nineties wrestling. I haven't watched wrestling in so long. I can't. The the late the the like the latest reference I could make would be like Diamond Dallas Page, Diamond Cutter. Like that's it. I watched wrestling back in like the late nineties, early two thousands, and then that's why. the only way the only thing my son does that disappoints me is he does not get into wrestling and i keep telling him like will you just get into wrestling because i'll go with you to all the events we'll go to raw when it comes to chicago like we'll do that shit like just get into it like get excited about it like i'll watch wrestling with you he's like nah shit's stupid i want to be like fuck you dude it is (laughs) stupid but that's why it's so fun but what's the point of being a 12 year old boy if you're not into fucking wrestling and no offense to like 35 year old men that are all still into wrestling and that's not a slight against you 
I'm just saying, like, I know there's a lot of bleed over in the cryptid community between wrestling fans and cryptid fans and Glenn Danzing fans. So it's a big old Venn diagram. <laughs> of freaking fandoms. I, I got, I mean, I'm, I'm into, I'm into some of it. You know, I think, I do think it's fun, but I don't sit and watch it um, ever. Just when, when, when Tobias said that, when he's like, you know, there's a lot of professional wrestlers in this. Film. He's so like, fucking right. It was so perfect. But I, at the same time, I was like, well, I want to, if, that's what I want to do that. Like, <laughs> I want to be, be one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be like some guy interviewing people, investigating, making fucking plaster molds of footprints and shit. You can <laughs> do that. You can be whatever nah. you want to be, Pato. I know. I know. If you want to be a professional right. wrestler, you can be. Speaking of which, closing thoughts, I just want to give a shout out to, I don't know the name of the company, but one of the things that I was the most happy to pick up at uh, Frogman Fest this weekend was there was a table in the back, like the hallway behind the MetaZoo stuff that was selling Lyle Blackburn's hot sauce. And I bought at Mothman Festival, I bought some of Lyle's hot sauce off him because I saw him there, right? And I don't think he knew who I was. It was right after we did the interview with him, too. It was like probably a month later. And I was like, hey, it's me. And he was like, hi. And uh, I bought his hot sauce off him. And the Rogue Red Chili hot sauce is fucking phenomenal. It is, I would put that shit on everything. I'd eat my own face if it was covered in it. It is the most delicious hot sauce that I've ever had. And you can, it, it's like so flavorful, but it's not exactly like, doesn't have like crazy heat attached to it. So you can really put it on a variety of different foods. And it's it's really well. And I, I blew through it. So when I saw him, I bought the Green Swamp Sensation. And I usually prefer green sauce to red sauce. But the the rogue red chili, the red sauce that he had, I blew through it like in record speed. And the green sauce, I just been kind of meandering my way through. Well, at Frog Fest, there was a guy selling his shit, and I got another one of the rogue red chili, and then I got the howling habanero, which I have not tried yet. But I know that the hot sauce thing just seems like a gimmick that maybe some people do or whatever. Lyle Blackburn's fucking hot sauces are legitimately worth ordering. They're very good. They taste very good. I am somebody that knows a thing or two about food. I put all kinds of weird shit in my mouth. And Lyle Blackburn's Rogue Red Chili is the best thing I've ever put in my fucking mouth. I swear to God, it is delicious. And um, I know he travels around and he does the convention circuit selling this shit. I'm pretty sure you can buy them online. I, this isn't a paid advertisement. Like I, I really don't know where you can get it online. I'm not. This isn't a shill. I'm just like really just like passing information along to our listeners um lyle blackburn rogue red chili buy his hot sauces i'm gonna try the habanero and i'll talk about it next week if it's good if it's not if you don't hear me talk about it next week then it's probably not good because the, the swamp stuff is just all right but the rogue red chili is some of the best hot sauce i've ever had and i was happy to pick up a bottle this weekend i, I honestly now that i'm thinking about it, i should have brought like bought like seven or something wow but um lyle blackburn's gonna be at monster fest pato Oh, <laughs> so. somebody tell him I just did that so that when he remembers me when I go up and like buy more of his hot sauce for him. <laughs> I will. I'll, I'll message him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ask him. Yeah, I wonder who was selling his hot sauce. He wasn't at Frog Frogman Festival. I was. I Doesn't he have a buddy that like he does the boost with? Because I, I want to say it was. Do you remember who he was parked next to? parked next at mothman oh, like they they yeah he was there with ken gearhart but ken wasn't at frogman festival either 
I don't know. So I don't know who. There's some guy. Some guy was there selling Lyle's hot sauce. Oh, that's Jeff. Jeff, who was selling Lyle Blackburn's hot sauce? He was in the back room. Uh, you know the, how like they there was that vendor hallway that like had the exterior windows behind him. No, I didn't go down there at all. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no clue yeah. what that was. I I didn't even know there was people back there. Yeah, I Jesus. no, there was there was traffic back there. It was just the MetaZoo thing was kind of like in the I don't know. It it, it, it it was this back it was this back hallway, um, and there was a man selling the hot sauce, and I bought it right away. You're like, I know that hot sauce. <laughs> That's good. And Lyle, Lyle, another great dude that you should be supporting. Uh, fucking fantastic guy. Um, yes. Definitely check him out. Uh, he's been on our show. I've been on his show. He's a great guy. And what did, what else did me and him talk about when he was on this show? What topic came up that me and him bonded over a little bit, I think? Who's in, what's his name, Glenn? <laughs> it was what's over uh, Ario Speedwagon. <laughs> fucking dork i can't believe you said ario speedwagon <laughs> that's the first old guy band i could come up with it was why would, we're not old do you think that we're old guys compared to me yeah oh fuck okay all right we're done <laughs> all uh, right fair enough um well anyway frogman festival was a, was a uh, great success i already told jeff craig i will black out my weekend for next year um and plan to be there and uh i think it was great um you guys definitely need to go if you didn't go this year because you didn't know how it was going to turn out you well you missed out and uh you need to go next year so at least six seven hundred people uh over two thousand people whoa well over two thousand yeah wow mm-hmm. so ching. very nice and and we were kind of in an obscure place and we did really well i think had be had we been in the vendor room we would have done a lot well i thought so i thought about that and i think that given that we were a podcast booth where we wanted to primarily talk and interact with the people that would show up i don't know if that hall would have been the place to do it i think if we were strictly selling merch that hall would have been the place to maybe get more foot traffic for selling t-shirts but as far as interacting with people listening to their stories making a personal connection hopefully winning over listeners we were probably in a better place to do that. I don't know, man. He had podcasters in the vendor room, and they weren't selling shit. Well, now I don't know how they did. Well, they weren't selling anything, but like, I mean, as far as like interactions, but there was more people in that room than there was that came down their hallway. I I think that we were. Uh, I think fine. that we were in the the right place. Yeah, it made yeah. sense because we he put all the speakers, you know, across from the speaker. No, I get it. Right, and so you know, it was it was totally fine. Anyway, um, yeah. So I guess I don't know, Pedo. Anything else? I got nothing. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you back here with an actual topic next Wednesday. <laughs>